He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together? Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast. Yes, there are times when I have a spare minute or two where I'm practicing playing some boogie-woogie piano. <laughs> How about that? Kind of sounds like the old Batman theme, I guess. Trying to work on some hand independence. I'm playing that it's... It's a boogie-woogie thing in C, if you're following along. So that's C, C, E flat, E, what is it over there? Uh, I don't know. C, C, D or something. Anyway, who gives a shit? Dude, that's not what we're talking about. We're here to talk about the goddamn Getting My Act Together podcast for the... Second day of August. Can you believe it's August 2nd? How about that? January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August 2nd. All right, dude. Get get to the fucking point. The point is this. It's August 2nd, 2022. If you're in Chicago, turn off your radio right now. Turn off your podcast. Turn off your FM, AM, ham radio Spotify, whatever you're listening to, this podcast, because I'm going to tell you tonight is Limerick Comedy, and you're not going to see a better fucking show in the world on a Tuesday night for free in a bar in Virginia Highland, Atlanta, okay? Why? Because who is closing out the main show? It's Mel Mitchell. Search Mel Mitchell on Instagram, and you'll be like, how the fuck is Mel Mitchell closing that show doesn't she work with roy wood jr yeah she does but she is closing limerick because uh, i don't know why (laughs) maybe her flight is delayed or something but she is closing out the show she you know who else is going to be on the show is zane sharif any day now is going to be a nationally touring headliner zane sharif is on the show so is zay jordan you may have seen zay jordan in the this is Every week, don't I say this? It's it's too much. It's too good. Zay Jordan is in the opening scene of the opening episode of the opening season of the new much acclaimed uh, series on whatever network that my TV, you know, gets. I just point at it and press. Maybe it's on HBO. Rap shit. Zay Jordan's in the very first scene. He is the guy uh, talking to the uh, person at the hotel lobby. He's actor, illustrator, comic, writer, all sorts of things, and he's on Limerick. This is just absurd. Mel Mitchell, Zane Sharif, Zay Jordan, Brandy Unger, an up-and-coming comic in the city of Atlanta, is making her return to the Limerick stage. Making his debut on the Limerick stage is going to be Ben Brown. I'm thrilled for that. And making his return, one of my old comedy compatriots, Ngozi as I refer to him, the God. So that's a pretty strong free lineup. Ngozi, Ben Brown, Brandy Unger, Zay Jordan, Zane Sharif, and Mel Mitchell closing out the damn thing. You know who else was supposed to be on the show, too? Catherine Blanford. 
but she is in New York right now. Um, and on Tuesday night, we'll be running her her uh, Fallon set at the Comedy Cellar and other places. And then she's doing Jimmy Fallon, The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon on Wednesday night. Incredible. Incredible. This, what is the word? Embarrassment of talent riches we have here in the city of Atlanta. If you're in Virginia Highland, come over and say hello. I'd love to see you. That's it. Chicagoans, put your radio back on. Put your, uh, take, take your fingers out of your ears. Put down the tasks that had diverted you and pay attention because I am back from Asheville, North Carolina. I had a great time. Thank you to the Asheville Beauty Academy for a wonderful comedy setup and for the good folks at Model Face Comedy, Melissa et al. for being such wonderful, gracious hosts. Making me and Paul Ollinger feel, well, Paul literally was a millionaire, but make, and I want to point that out every time I bring him up, making us feel like a million bucks, which to Paul is probably like chump change, but to me, made me feel like a, like a, like a real, anyway, Model Face Comedy, the production company, Melissa Hahn, uh, runs in, in Asheville. They just do things the right way, and I'm grateful for that, and had a really fun time. The crowd was interesting. I mean, you know, the crowd was interesting. The crowd, I mean, wasn't for my set. <laughs> for my set, it was I'm fucking around. Uh, they're good because you know what? They can laugh at themselves, and they did when I told them that Asheville. It's very progressive seeming, and it. I mean, I don't mean that's not shade, but it's very progressive seeming, very liberal, like with a capital L. Uh, out loud about its liberalness and I told them that it I I picked up on it you know and it really reminded me of Portland because it's progressive and outdoorsy and there are no black people there and they had a good chuckle at that (laughs) it's true there are more Black Lives Matter signs in Asheville and Portland by the way than there are actually black folks I don't know the history of Asheville other than I know that the man who the city is named for did own people. I do know that Portland had some wild, wild zoning and stringent efforts to move black people out of the city. Uh, All right, what what are we talking about? Here's the thing. Asheville people were able to laugh at their whiteness, which white people aren't always able to. But, you know, just tell the truth. (laughs) It'll get you free. It'll set you free. I don't know. I told them that their diversity was like different heights of smelly white people. And I didn't really mean the smelly part, but there are a lot of hippies in Asheville. And I did tell them this also, and it's true, I had a hard time distinguishing between the aging hippie and the elderly unhoused person the elderly unhoused gentleman it's just like is that guy going to walk out on his check or is he just earthy (laughs) and it turns out he walked out on his check a guy sitting right next to my daughter and me when we had 
coffee on uh, what's it called pack square we had coffee on pack square at cafe bomba which is like a really european seeming little spot to get a delicious coffee and hot chocolate that my daughter could spill all over herself and burn herself and the ground and the table um but at least she did it in like 45 seconds of us ordering it and it did not scald her There's just a, like, is that guy, is that guy, you know, hard to distinguish. But the guy who uh, energetically picked his teeth almost at us for 15 minutes, then had a nice full meal, and then just walked off into the street. And the server came out and was like, what the fuck? And I said, he went that way. (laughs) Because I'm not a snitch. Well... I'm not a snitch, generally speaking. If it doesn't involve me, I'm not fucking saying anything. But I don't like that. That woman worked her ass off to serve this fucking bum. And I mean that, you know, literally. These are not... (laughs) I'm not talking about all of them, okay? I'm just talking about this fucking guy who walked off on a check. You know, she's going to be on the hook for that. And she's going to get in trouble. Her asshole owner might make her pay for it. I don't know. So I just said he went that way. And then she took off running, and I don't know what happened. Because my my daughter and I were busy paying our check. But you can't tell. So I told the crowd that it almost seemed like Dos Equis was having an open casting call for the world's most interesting homeless man. And the crowd kind of took offense at that. But then I tagged it. I doubled down and said... I don't always sleep inside, but when I do, it's at Cafe Bomba. And I think they gave me credit for knowing the local restaurant, and then they laughed heartily at that. So aren't I a funny, clever, mean motherfucker making fun of homeless people? Well, maybe. But the guy walked off on his check. And they do. The guy was, you know what, he was very handsome. There are lots of handsome, is he a hippie or is he unhoused? That's just a game you play. And what other, oh, and then I had one other little observation. You'll find, you know, I found where the true diversity actually is in Asheville. It takes place when you, because in Asheville's center, downtown, and if you're in Asheville listening, I'm sure I'm missing all the best parts of it, but I was kind of downtown. I was, I mean, I was downtown, I guess downtown. I was in the middle of, I was in the middle of it. So I'm sure I missed a lot of it, but in the downtown area, there are lots of signs like love knows no color and hemp this and Grateful Dead, Jerry's watching and all sorts of hippie shit. Um, so it's, you know, it's it's kind of hate, Haiti, Haiti Asbury meets, you know, Austin Jr. And combined with the mountains, it's spectacularly beautiful, by the way. But it's like the liberalism that I described. It's just all white people, I don't want to say congratulating themselves on their progressive viewpoints, but (laughs) it felt like that a little bit. So the real diversity in the city, though, takes place in where? In the baseball stadium. Because over there, it's a total different uh, style of white person. It's much more like, Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, 
not a lot of hippie shit inside the baseball stadium. It was pronounced. Lots and lots and lots of uh, black and blue flag uh, embroidery and clothing and stuff like that. So that's where the diversity is. You did not hear a lot of... uh, That seemed like a little more God and Guns country inside the tourists' baseball stadium. Where we went with my daughter who had never been to a baseball game. And she, we bought just general admission tickets, and it was, it sold out for some reason. But we still managed to, because it was slow getting there, I guess. We managed to, everyone was slow getting there, late getting there. We managed to sit right behind the first base dugout at literally where you can put your drink on the dugout or your phone on the dugout. Or your daughter tries to get up and walk on it, and I have to say to her, girl, I applaud your enthusiasm, but you'll notice that there is no other person here trying to walk on the dugout. And then she was like, I guess, fair enough. I won't fight you on this. Give me a couple minutes and I'll find something else to fight you and mom about. And uh, I will. So we got to watch the game from the first row, which was great. And by the way, you know how much tickets were? Six Six or nine dollars a piece. I think... Six dollars, I can't remember. If a six were a nine, Jimi Hendrix. I can't remember if they were six or nine, but that's how much they were. And we just, we bought general admission and we just walked down to the front. I didn't even get to regale my wife with the story about my amazing catch. Uh, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't, I looked around to see if they kind of, anyone was still talking about it. I didn't hear it, but I wasn't listening all that closely. We watched two innings of baseball which is 30 minutes or so, 35 minutes. That was plenty for the girl. Uh, Two innings, we saw two different home runs by the home team, and we left in the top of the third inning. (laughs) You know, we had still had to do bath and, I mean, shower and, uh, you know, get back to the hotel and all that. So that was Friday night. Excuse me. We watched two innings. We saw two home runs, and the other team score a run. So I think we left. It was like five to two in the top of the third, and the, it turns out the tourists won seventeen to three or fifteen to three or something like that. So the home team won. The home team also is the single A baseball team for the. Uh, cheating Houston Astros, the team that video, that used technology to fuck over its opponents. Not just like old chicanery and wily, like I'm going to put my hand on my hip while I'm standing on second base to let you know the catcher set up on the outside corner. They used actual technology to um, inform everybody what was happening, everybody on their team, to give them an unfair advantage. But they still won the World Series, and that's what matters. That's all that matters. The result in the United States of America is what matters. The outcome. Uh, and that's, you know what, that's how we got to where we are now. If we didn't worry about how it happened, we just got here. This is us. Thank you very much. Have a good night. I'm drinking this Monday, drinking this, I'm talk, recording this Monday night. I'm drinking a cold bottle of water. <laughs> I am someone who buys a bottle of water for a road trip and then will refill the bottle numerous times along the way and use that refilled bottle with tap water 
until it looks like the bottle is about to get mold in it, and then I'll throw it away. So baseball was fun. We took a couple photos with the Asheville tourist mascot, and we had about like a seven-tenths of a mile walk back to the hotel up the hill afterward, which we were kind of dreading. But your host, we were kind of dreading, but my wife was giving me the like, are you sure we don't want to drive down there? And I was like, ah, let's just walk. It's seven-tenths of a mile. You know, that's not that bad. And she's like, I know. I'm just thinking like after the game, you know, or when we leave, it's going to be tired time and little legs. And I was like, yeah, you know, that'll be okay. But I could tell it needed to, not like my wife's going to hold that against me, but I said, noted, I'm, I'm aware this could be a shit show on the way back walking up a long hill after you know candy and hot dog and whatever else was in my everything else that was in my daughter's system but your host again another moment at the Asheville Tourist Baseball Stadium where I was like Jason Bourne we walked out of the stadium and I immediately see a woman pull up and in one of those extended like two four-seater golf carts wearing tourists apparel and then somebody get out of her golf cart and I stepped away from my wife and daughter and walked up to her and said excuse me may we get a ride with you please I didn't even know where we're going and she said sure hop in where are you going where are you parked and I said that's the thing we're up the hill a little bit And she said, well, I can't go on that street because it's a busy one, but let's see how far we can get you up. And so she took like a back road, which is essentially just a parallel road to the only main road, looks like goes through downtown Asheville. And she took us all the way up to like two blocks away from the hotel. It was brilliant. It cut our commute in, cut like 70% of the time off of our commute. So... My wife was looking at me like, this is a very good situation. My daughter had a great time riding in the back of the uh, of the golf cart, and I tipped the woman, the only money I had in my pocket, a $5 bill. I need to remember more when I go out of town to carry cash to tip. Uh, anyway, I, I just, like everybody else, I don't, I don't carry cash. Also, at, uh, because I don't carry cash, I'm now aware of every fucking checkout I do with my credit card. People are like, hey, you want to add 25%, 20%? And even though you didn't do fucking anything for me, I do it because their company's not going to look out for them. And that's not my battle to fight. I'm going to be like, you know what? I'll hook you up. I'll do what I can right here. I don't fucking like it. But the, com- the the business never looks out for the worker. So here I am uh, moving past people. Like, oh, what do you mean, Tip? You didn't do anything yet. Like, I, I understand that perspective. Uh, also, we're not going to solve it by not tipping them. That's not going to solve the problem. So let's tip. Anyway, so the woman took us up to the top of the hill, took the big the teeth out of the, the walk back. We walked past the uh, world-famous orange peel music venue where my wife and I had seen drive-by truckers previously and I think one or two other shows but the truckers one is the one I remember best a band called glossary opened for them years ago 
So it was great. Took a little golf cart ride, got dropped off right up at the, the top of the square, walked to our hotel, in, girl, showered, teeth brushed, hair washed, the whole thing, and into bed we go. Into bed she goes anyway. My wife and I stay up and have a little uh, red wine. Here's what I did find out about Asheville. I, I took a brief detour a second ago from roasting them to tell you that I learned that William Ash, the founder of Asheville, was one of those people. And, and again, it's still called Asheville. So talk about the ends uh, justify the means, I suppose. Nobody's changed. Nobody seems to be up in arms about it being called Asheville. He, and you know, like George Washington, also owned people, and he is on the $1 bill. White Americans. Try to get your head around that. Every time you look at a, a dollar bill, you're looking at someone who owned people who looked like you, your ancestors. You know what I mean? Like, try to get your fucking head around that. Not you, but you know what I mean. William, this is how, I'm, I couldn't squeeze this into a 20-minute set. But in the complexity of life, I thought this was interesting. William Ash, the founder of Asheville, owned people. And one of the people he na- he owned was named Amar Ash. A-M-A-R-A-S-E. H-E. And one of Amar Ash's direct descendants is the sports and African-American sports, blacks, African-American. I'm trying to figure out the, I want to give him as many superlative adjectives as I can. An icon of progress. That's what he is and was. An icon of progress. A trailblazer. A pioneer. For people who looked like him. I'm talking about this descendant of Amar Ash. Whose name was Arthur Ash. That's right. The tennis player who won Wimbledon. In the 70s, won the U.S. Open and won the Australian Open. A black man, Arthur Ashe, descended from Amar Ashe. Arthur Ashe, an icon of progress, is what he was. A trailblazer. A black man winning the whitest, being a champion of the whitest of white games, which they all were until we allowed we, we allowed black people to play, and then they dominated the sports because they're better. Arthur Ashe, how transgressive is that? How fucking punk rock? It's like Tiger Woods, except f- almost 50 years ago. It's like Jesse Owens, I don't want to overstep here, Jesse Owens going to the Olympics and fucking destroying all the Germans and the so-called master race 
By the way, race was not a construct until the Bible came up with it, just FYI. Before that, it didn't, we were just people. Shout out to the Bible. <laughs> anyway, Arthur Ashe, Tiger Woods, a young black man winning, who, Tiger Woods, who I fucking hate. I hate. I used to hate. I just, everything is so manufactured and phony and whatever. I don't give a shit about Tiger Woods. But I do respect the punk rock of the fact that that young black man fucked everybody up at the Masters 25 years ago, something like that, and said, hold my nuts, and won at Augusta, which probably at the time didn't allow black people to be members. It's just the most punk rock, fuck you, transcendent, transgressive, progressive thing. And here's Arthur Ashe, who was so good at the white man sport that in this country that was founded the way it was, who built its economy the way it did, to take this lily white sport of tennis in the United States, the fucking arena where they play tennis for the U.S. Open is called Arthur Ashe Stadium. That's amazing. It's amazing. Speaking of which, rest in peace, Bill Russell. The Talk about icons and legends and barrier breakers and who passed, I believe, yesterday, Sunday, or... I heard about it Sunday, uh, so it could have been a day or two before. But even as a lifelong Celtic hater, lifelong Laker fan, it's fucking Bill Russell, dude. Okay, ten thousand championships, class, player, coach, all of it. Arthur Ashe, the the tennis stadium that. Is the the where the U.S. Open takes place is named after Arthur Ashe, who descends from someone who was owned by the founder of the city of Asheville, and it just goes to show. This is not a. I'm not working toward a punchline. Just FYI, everybody, relax. But it just goes to show that. You cannot, you cannot fight nature. You cannot plan history unless, unless you are Mitch McConnell and you stack the, all the courts the way you did. That is some legendary shit that Mitch McConnell did. But that man Ash in Asheville. He had a worldview, and, uh, you know, look what that got him. Yeah, he got a city named after him, but he also uh, had someone who ultimately enabled Arthur Ashe to come into the world and change the world. Change the fucking world. I can't believe that. The U.S. Open Tennis Stadium is named Arthur Ashe Stadium. And he descends from Amar Ash. There was no way I was going to squeeze that 
history lesson that I read about and sort of cobbled together from Wikipedia and a few other articles on the afternoon of uh, the show. But it's pretty amazing, I think. Also, on Saturday afternoon, uh, we were... So what happened was my wife and I, remember I said the three the three of us were going to drive out there and then if... My wife was my wife's thinking about driving. We were going to stay Friday. My wife and I, my wife and daughter were potentially going to drive back Saturday afternoon so they could go to soccer on Sunday morning. And then I would stay over one more night. I would stay over Saturday night and drive back with Paul Ollinger on Sunday. Well, lo and behold, the forecast in Atlanta looked decent. So my wife and daughter drove back to Atlanta on Saturday. And I was kind of bummed. Because I, I mean, I was I was looking forward to a sustained eight-hour sleep. That's what I was looking forward to. But I was having a really good time with them, and I just like the, like the Griswolds are gonna now schlep back to Atlanta as as one unit. But uh, they went they went ahead of me, so I did get my perfect sleep after Paul and I went out to dinner after the shows with. Um, Melissa from Model Face Comedy and another comic. So they went back and then I was I was alone in my room for a little bit. Like, ah, I kind of missed them. That was fun, you know, the, the unit on the road, the team together on the road. And then, uh, you know, after a while during the show, after the show, had a real good time talking a lot of shit with Paul, with other comics, with Melissa, and then... Had a really fun drive back with Paul <laughs> on Sunday, talking shit, driving through beautiful, at times, uh, winding road, nauseating uh, western North Carolina, but boy, is it beautiful out there. And we, on the way back, stopped off at world-famous Tomlin's Barbecue. Have you ever heard me mention that? It's Tomlin's, T-O-M-L-I-N-S. If you've ever seen a picture of me online wearing nothing but it. By the way, shout out to Avalon and the punchline. And put the Aval- Avalon, I guess. If you've ever seen a picture of me online and I have a royal blue sh- t-shirt on underneath something else, that t-shirt is from Tomlin's Barbecue in Rabin, Georgia. R-A-B-U-N-G-A. Before you drive out there, one and a half, two hours away from Atlanta, Please note that I think it's only open between May and October. But I think it's the best barbecue I've ever had. I, I know that's very subjective, but it's pretty strong. And it is pretty famous. So I used to have a... I used to have a t-shirt from there. <clears throat> Paul and I stopped off on the way uh, on the way back. I had a couple sandwiches... I had an unsweetened tea and a little square of blackberry cobbler. Unbelievable. And had the self-restraint to resist getting the peach shake to go. So if you've ever seen that me wearing a royal blue, and probably if you are such an obsessive, and I'd be kind of creeped out if you were, if you scroll back on all my Instagram photos, and you see a photo of me wearing a royal blue shirt, that's from Tomlin's Barbecue. But I would like to shout out Avalon, which is like a... Truman Show development in Alpharetta, Georgia, and the Punchline for 
uh, posting a photo of me today and just saying, come to comedy. Like, I didn't release the rights to that. <laughs> I shared it on my Instagram story. I think it was in the middle of COVID because my hair looks long and unkempt. But I was smiling, so hopefully I was having a good time and not bombing. But uh, they do shows up. The Punchline does shows up at this Avalon. Like I said, it's like a shopping mall. We you know those places where like people live, work, or not really work, but just like live and shop and drink wine. What's wrong with that? I don't know. Not much. Shout out to the punch. Shout out to Jamie Bendel and Marcy uh, at the Punchline for being two of my favorite people in Atlanta comedy. They're, you know what they're? They're straightforward people, and I like that. I like straightforward. A lot of people in comedy aren't straightforward. A lot of people do, like, petty shit. They just do, you know, petty shit. I had someone ask me if I can do a show, uh, and I didn't, you know, I didn't respond within three hours. And uh, they said, sorry, uh, the spot's not available anymore. A club, not Marcy. Not in the laughing skill, certainly. A, a different club. Hey, can you feature for X? And I didn't respond within three hours. And they said, uh, sorry, we'll try to get you in the next couple months. Like, that's the kind of thing people do in life. But that's a lot of times people do that in comedy. People are obsessed with gatekeeping. Younger comics, you know this. Because there are some people in positions of power, quote-unquote power in comedy, who really enjoy letting people in and keeping people out. And when they let people in, they do it like, you're welcome. But when they keep them out, it, it gives them like a, a, little, a little rush of blood to the loins, I think. And I'm saying men and women. And I don't know if never met a trans comic booker who's been a fucking asshole, but I've let, met lots of men and women <laughs> who are. And uh, it's just, it's a weird sort of pettiness. Hey, we would love for you to feature. Cool. I really appreciate it. I'm grateful. And I want to uh, build my footprint in your market. I don't have the uh, ability to leverage Catherine Blanford's manager or you know my appearance on the tonight show with jimmy fallon i can't believe that lady is doing that i'm so excited for her i hope she picks the right clothes to wear because <laughs> my wife asked her the other day what, what is she gonna wear my eye threw me said what is she gonna wear and i showed the text to Catherine. she's like i know so don't fuck it up Catherine. you gotta she's gonna that's so awesome she's gonna be on the tonight show on wednesday so um, I'm not going to watch it, but I, well, I'm going to watch it. Of course I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it at the appointed time. I imagine the Tonight Show comes on at 1130 and she'll go on at, uh, 1215, something like that. 1220. I'm absolutely going to fucking watch it. Uh, but if you don't watch it live, you can watch, uh, you know, you know how to watch much better than I do. So I said, I'm trying to, yeah, I'd love to try to build my presence in your market. I know, I think I think my act would work, etc. I have this podcast people are coming around to. As soon as I get a minute, I'm going to post 10 million more TikTok. Check out my TikTok clips, 
And because I didn't respond, they didn't say, let us know by X time. Because I didn't respond within a certain time frame, they sent back a second quasi-petulant message saying, sorry, the spot has been taken. We'll try to work you in in the future. And it's like, what are you doing? Do you want me to work your fucking club or not? Or if you want me to work it, why do you want me to work it? Because I am that bitch? Then then just leave it at that. Let's do that. I will come and I'll rip it up. But are you do are you letting me do it just to make me grateful to you? And then if I don't kiss your ring fast enough, you're gonna pull it away? It's a weird bit. You know what? I bet not a lot of people like you. <laughs> They might respect your uh, authority or the way you've cornered that market. But they don't like you. And you know what? You're probably just fine with that because you don't like yourself either. (laughs) Hey, there, I brought it full circle. Petty begets petty, attracts petty. So ridiculous. But not Marcy, not Jamie. They're straightforward. There's an issue. They want to talk about it. There's some uncertainty. Let's clear it up. Whatever it is, straightforward. Not everybody is like that. I hope there are people. I hope there are people like that in your life. That because if if you're not a comic and you don't have to deal with people like the ones I just described, not Marcy and Jamie, but the you know, I'm sorry, the window is closed. Uh, God, get those fucking people out of your life. And you know, you'll get to a. a I was talking about stoicism with someone the other day. You'll get to a place where you are unaffected by that. I'm unaffected by it in that it doesn't hurt me or cause me to evaluate how I feel about myself. It's fun to roast you on the podcast a little bit, but you're not going to slow me down. I mean, you're going to make me question trying to and, you know, I say your market because, you know, it's not New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, a place like that, because there's more than one fucking comedy club and nobody has the game on lock. So, you know, it's I'm not, I'm not exactly talking about a uh, primary market. I'm probably talking more about a, a in-between secondary and tertiary, tertiary market, where, of course, you're in that market, you're insecure because you're not New York, Chicago or Atlanta, D.C., and you want to be an asshole. <laughs> uh, I'm going to let you run. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you catching up on on Asheville events. We did have one situation uh, on Saturday. Uh, Saturday morning, my daughter and I went out to breakfast, like I said, let my wife sleep in. Uh, and then, then we came back. To, after all that, we came back to the room connected with my wife I almost had hooked up with my wife but you'd be like hooked up with your wife yeah dude my daughter and I had a three-way with my wife we hooked up with my wife and then we let her go for a run so then my daughter and I went back out into the town and screwed around and she there was this little hippie market happening and there was a bubble machine and it was blowing bubbles and she and the other kids were playing in it and the bubbles would land on the ground and they'd moisten the ground with soapy bubble shit and make it slippery. And my daughter was running and partying and then she slipped on one of the bubble things with her three and a half year old 
legs and she went down face first and oh my gosh it was uh, arresting and then she looked up and started screaming and she had a bloody nose and it was pouring blood out of it and I picked her up and there's blood on her face blood on my face I get napkins blood on her shirt her cute little white t-shirt with a little picture of Prince a little drawing of Prince on it which is one of our favorite shirts that somebody uh, handed down to us. Her print shirt is getting blood all over it. My shirt's getting blood all over it. There's blood on both of our faces. I'm tilting her head back. Oh, the poor thing. She was just gushing blood. Napkins from this guy. Here's the shaved ice guy. I asked him, please, sir, could you gently give me a cup of ice? Put that on the nose. Tilt the head back. It's a bloody nose. Oh, poor thing. It's just oh, it's heartbreaking when it happens heartbreaking just she went down in the split second bam face into the concrete oh had a she had a puffy swollen lip and a red bloody nose got her held head tilted back got the ice and uh and the pressure of the paper towels up against it swelled the bleeding lots of holding and sorry girl and smooching and kissing and then we uh walked back to the hotel and by the time we got back to the hotel and this was a while so my wife I mean this was at the end of a thing so my wife would have had time to get back to the hotel take a shower dry her hair and you know enjoy a little morning you know being a woman and by the time we got back to the hotel my daughter uh, was already uh, kind of like you know telling me she didn't want to tilt her head back and uh, didn't need the ice, so I was like, she's getting better, because she's back to <laughs> contesting everything that her parents try to get her to do, um, but she is still the greatest, and uh, it was just ugh, terrible, terrible to see, to hear, to feel, um, but we got it, we got it slowed down, like I said, by the time we got back to the hotel, it was stopped, and uh, you know, she was back to her good fighting spirits, and I mean that literally, <laughs> fighting spirits uh, very shortly thereafter. All right, I hope if you live in Atlanta or the United States of America, you were not shot at recently. Um, why do I have to stick that in there? I don't know, because I care about you listening, and I think we have a problem with people getting shot in this country. Thank you for listening. Please come to Limerick tonight if you know what's good for you, and uh, make sure you do check out Catherine Blanford on uh, Jimmy not Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon. Also, what happened to Jimmy Kimmel? He just turned his show, he's like me, turning Limerick over to Tamar Rubin. He, uh, what happened? Did Jimmy Kimmel still have that show out there on the West Coast, but other people host it? Anyway, Jimmy Fallon show, check out Catherine Blanford's spot on Wednesday night, and then go look at Mel Mitchell's stuff, who is closing out Limerick tonight. Go look at her Instagram. Follow me. Tell people about the podcast. You know, the whole thing. Leave reviews. Say how much you enjoy listening to 15 and LNC and everyone else. And I will talk to you on Friday. Okay, have a great week. Thank you for the support.